Let's go, people. Hotep Jesus, we back. Another sharp conversation with Hotep Jesus. Hope everybody's week has been going well. I'm your host, Brian Hotep Jesus Sharp. Oh, man, I have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful conversation for you today. Um, very, very interesting guest. But before we get into that, um, in 2022, we have a homeschooling initiative. So we're going to be promoting homeschooling. We're going to make homeschooling popular. And we're also going to be uh, distributing uh, resources and uh, information to get people acclimated uh, to homeschooling uh, so that they know how to execute it. They know how much it's going to cost. They're going to know what it, what it all entails. And we're going to be disseminating that information throughout the uh, country. Um, so uh, right now, if you go to HomeTapNation.com, you'll see the donate button at the top or in the menu if you're on mobile. Or if you go to HotepNation.com slash donate, you'll be able to donate to that cause right now uh, and help us uh, get that jump started for 2022. Uh, we got the Grifties next year. We'll be talking about this a lot during the Grifties. We'll be blowing out the landing page for the donation page as well, real heavy. And um, what else we got going on next year? Oh, yeah, Hotep Nation weekend we'll have in Vegas. Not sure what week, but uh, make sure uh, y'all get in tune with that. But um, like I said, man, um, uh, our initiative for homeschooling, I think, is very important because they're pushing uh, CRT to the kids. They're pushing the rainbow to the kids. They're pushing all types of um, socialist nonsense to the kids. And it's just like time to um, take back power over your child's mind. So we're going to be pushing homeschooling heavy next year. So look out for that. Once again, that's hotepnation.com slash donate. Anyway, I have a very, very wonderful guest for you tonight. Um, I would say enigmatic and fiery. She is the Naked Girl CEO. Fearless with Jason Whitlock contributor, Sky News contributor, and certified life coach. I'd like to introduce to y'all the incomparable, the most coveted, Shamika Michelle. Shamiga, what's up, girl? How are you? I am good. How are you? Um, life is good. Life is good. Um, you look great. Um, glad to hear. Glad to have you here. It's an absolute honor. Um, you and I never spoke before. We never had a conversation. We've we've never really interacted too much. Um, uh, so this is going to be an interesting conversation for me. Um, anytime somebody comes on, I get to understand um, who they are. Um, I want to just dive into something really fast because uh, it resonated with me. You know, I saw it said naked girls, right? So I was like, is she a stripper? What's going on here, right? And then when I when I looked into it, it's like, oh, no, this is, for example, my, um, my thing is um, the future of the nation comes down to uh, the silent majority, right? It's a lot of people that aren't speaking up right now. They're hiding what they think. And that's what you mean by when you say be naked, right? Yes. Yeah. Tell us and about honest that. Honest and emotionally exposed. So, well, let me go all the way back. Uh, okay. 20 years or so. 
I did used to be a stripper. Let me make that clear because okay. you know, I like to throw that up and I, I'm not hiding it. I'm not ashamed of it. It's what I did. It's in the past. So let me say that. You were shaking ass. I did. Wait, but where? I was in the white club, so I didn't have to like shake it like what you see now. Yeah. It's totally different. I was in the white club. These were the men that were coming from work, you know. They were. They, they were probably going, loved you. <laughs> you look like the white man's type. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was a little bit thicker then, though. I was about one sixty. Okay. I have to post a heavier picture one day, but mm. for then after I started having children, I just got smaller. I mean, I've been small like my entire life, but okay. for some reason, I just can't keep weight. So. Um, Naked Girls, though, came because I felt like so I went through a divorce almost 10 years ago. But prior to that, I was an ordained minister. So I like I always had to be on, you know, even if my life was cracking like glass, if I was sad, if I was having a hard time, I still had to be ready to preach, teach, dance, sing, you know, and just be on for other people. So once I went through the uh, divorce, I said I wanted a place where women could actually feel like they were uh, could be honest. I was tired of mass. I was tired of pretending. And so I wanted to just get naked and just be who I really was. And I had a group of friends we used to hang out in high school. We called ourselves the girls. So I went to them and I said, I want to have a blog. I want it to be very open, very honest. I want us to share the things that we've been through in life. And I want women to know that if they're going through anything, they can come and talk to us or they can have a space where they can be who they really are. Mm. One day after divorce, my kids were going on the first vacation with my ex-husband without me. And they were crying. Wait, and I wait, was, who was doing what? They went on their first vacation as a, a, after we divorced. So they were going on vacation with him. Mm. I was staying home. Mm-hmm. So they were crying and they were sad because they're not used to, you know, leaving mom behind. And so I went on Facebook and I wrote a very honest message because I had seen people like having divorce parties, having cakes with the man's head sliced off. And I was thinking, this isn't fun. I don't understand why people are celebrating this. This is like a death. And no matter what, one of us will always miss out. One of us will miss out on vacation. One of us will miss tucking the child in at night, miss uh, dinner, you know. So I'm like, this isn't really cool or cute. Like, you know, and so I put that very honest post on Facebook and I told my friends, don't let them crucify me for being the first naked girl. And they were like, is that going to be the name of the blog? And I'm like, do you like it? And they said, yes. So that's kind of what we went with. That's how naked came about, because we already called ourselves the girls. And then because I felt like I was very emotionally exposed at that time, Mm -hmm. went with naked. And I would always say, keep it naked because people say, oh, I'm keeping it real. Mm. And to me, they're still lying. But when you're naked, you can't hide anything, you know. People can see that your titties don't stand up where they used to. Your butt may be drooping. Like you can see it all when you're naked. So that's why, you know, that's how I felt at that time. And that's the way I decided to live life. Yeah. People live with masks on. 
I think what was it was I think one of, it was one of the Batman movies where he talks about people go through life wearing masks, pretending they are mm-hmm. something uh, that they are not. Um, I've I've always hated that about people. I've always noticed that people were fake, and mm-hmm. I was always naked. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I think today though, I'm being more shielded. I'm still naked. Mm-hmm. But I'm just choosing who gets to see me naked and when. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. I, I like that whole naked concept. It's, it's kind of like growing on me, like minute by minute. Um, Chad Lemoyne, 499 Super Chat. He says, shout out to Shamika. Tell it like it is. Real ones unite. We're all we got. Shout out to Chad. Appreciate you, homie. Um, now, you're a woman, obviously. Um, there's a lot of uh, problems that are being brought up by feminism okay um now i'm sure there are some things with feminism if not most things you disagree with with feminism Mm -hmm. but i'm a contrarian so i want to go the other route is there anything that they say that actually has merit is there any problems that they bring up that is some truth to and does need some awareness I think women are humans. You know, I think that women have rights. I think women should have the right to be who they are. They should be able, (sighs) I go back and forth with this whole voting thing because (laughs) sometimes I just don't know. I feel like women, we are so in our emotions that we don't think logically. But I think women should have the right to uh, vote of course and be treated equally so i do think initially like the first wave of feminism i believe they had it right Mm. those next waves that came you know that i feel like started to be like oh we don't need a man oh we are better than men we can be men like that's where it went way too far when they decided men were not useful that's where that's where i have an issue Mm, mm. you said once um Black women don't know how to shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did you mean by that statement? <laughs> well, you know, black women a lot of times are very argumentative. Mm. And I know this, so even when I was married, I have the ability to chop somebody down and make them feel like hamburger meat. If you follow me on Twitter, like you can just see me shoot something real fast, but these are people that I don't know. And I actually had that ability even in my marriage. And that's not to Mm -hmm. say he was perfect. You know, he wasn't. But I had to learn how to hold my tongue. I had to learn how to give up the right to be right. Mm -hmm. We don't have to argue about each and everything like that's silly. And sometimes I feel like women get some type of pleasure out of just arguing. I even see it with female friends. When you get this long book text because you may have hurt their feelings or did one thing wrong and they want to bait you into a a long argument because their feelings are hurt, like get over. We're not even sleeping together. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have no long interaction with somebody that I'm not with at night, Mm -hmm. you know, but I feel like women will do that. And it's almost like they get some type of enjoyment out of just going back and forth and bickering and not knowing when to just walk away just be quiet like let it go you don't have to be right about everything 
and, and everything is not worth fighting for. I don't like that. You know, just the whole confrontation and wanting to bicker and go back and forth all day, I think it's silly. And I think that we know as women where when we are doing it, but sometimes we just won't shut up and let it go. Mm, mm. What's the long term effects of that? Right. Like uh, as far as uh, black uh, male and female relationships are concerned, as far as having children are concerned, um, child support. <laughs> what are, what are some uh, what are, what are the long term effects you see that happen? Um, black men choosing not to date black women. <laughs> I think that's some of the long term effect term effects, like just saying peace. I'm out. I don't want to deal with it. No one wants to be nagged all day, every day. Nobody wants to be told that you're pretty much here just because just because I don't need you. I can do this by myself. Well, if you can do this by yourself, then do it by yourself. Right. You know. Eventually, if you continue to tell somebody that they don't matter, they're going to believe they don't matter. Mm. And, you know, everybody wants to feel wanted. So if you're with someone and they're not making you feel like you they actually want you there, eventually you're going to say peace. And what we've seen is a lot of women doing it on their own. Why? Because they're constantly saying they don't need a man but they're still out here, they're still having sex, they're getting pregnant, they're having babies, but that man, and it's not to say he doesn't wanna be a father. I think black men, of course, do wanna be fathers and wanna be great fathers. They may just not wanna be the father in the home with the woman that's constantly at their throats. Like nobody wants that. Nobody wants to not live in peace. When you get to a certain age, it's all about peace, like this mm -hmm. whole, Oh, he's so toxic. Uh, she's so toxic. Like that's played out at mm. a certain. Nobody got time for that. Yeah, I I think when I hit maybe thirty seven, thirty eight, I finally realized what I desired in a relationship, and it was peace. Right. <laughs> I thought I wanted. And at thirty seven, I was divorced. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I want too. But you know, now it's too late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, you still look young. Black don't crack, so it ain't ever too late. Um, Thank you. Absolutely. Um, I thought you was about twenty something. Um, Kenny at forty nine super chat says Shamika sound like a breath of fresh air, especially in the era of at social media where people are constantly putting on a facade. Indeed, indeed. Um, what's the cause of black women acting like this? Is this learned behavior from mama? Is it learned behavior? from friends from tv is it trauma what what is the cause of them acting like this because i don't think they're naturally like this right i do think that it's a lot of learned behavior if i take myself just as an example i was raised by a single mother who was raised by a single mother. So I didn't think like necessarily I don't need a man, but I had to, I was taught how to do stuff on my own. Like I've always seen my mama kind of handle her business. Now I'm a product of rape. My mother was raped at 14. I was born at 15, so it's a little bit different, but um, I didn't have a father in the home. So I didn't have that example. Thankfully I had a neighbor who I just kind of watched. And I grew up in a neighborhood where there were a lot of men, thankfully. But in my own house, I just kind of had to learn how to make things happen. And 
So I think it's a lot of learned behavior and you don't know how to treat a man. Like if you, for my mom, she didn't raise me to be a wife. She wasn't a wife, you know, so it wasn't her saying, this is what you need to do. This is what you don't need to do because she didn't know that. Again, thankfully, like I said, I had a neighbor who I would watch her. She um, she stayed at home. Her husband would go to work and every day she would, by the time he came home, she would have dinner ready. She made homemade biscuits every single day. So even when I was in college, people would say, what are you in school for? And I would say, well, my major is biology, but I want to be a housewife. Like I wanted to be a wife. I knew that. And I knew I wanted to cater to a man. I felt like that was innately what was in me, but I didn't have as many examples. And you had a lot of women saying, that's crazy, that's stupid, get your own, do your own thing. And um, so I, I think it's learned behavior because naturally I think that's what we desire. I do believe that naturally we were created for men. Mm -hmm. So when you see us kind of acting outside of that, it is us acting unnatural. Mm. And people just have to come to terms with that and stop wanting to dominate and be in control and please society or make somebody else happy. If you, I mean, inside, I truly feel like most women understand what our purpose is on this earth. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. It, you know, um, if there are no, you know, when we think about how you teach children, right? I always say, lead by example, teach with an example. Mm -hmm. And seeing is believing, right? So if they don't never see an example of a good relationship, you know, that's why, you know, I hated the fact that they were trying to pull the Cosbys off TV, right? And it's just mm -hmm. like, all right, so you're going to remove that, but keep loving hip hop. Right. <laughs> you know? Right, do you exactly. Think, do you think that shows like Love and Hip Hop are destructive to the black community and um, teach women poor behavior? Mm -hmm. I definitely do. Uh, when I was growing up, I watched, of course, the Cosby show. I watched Good Times. Florida was right there with James, even though they didn't have a dime. I watched the Brady Bunch. You know, I would come home and leave it. Beaver would be on TV. So I even watched that. I watched uh, Lucy and Desi. Mm -hmm. So these were the shows that I had that made me desire that type of relationship or that type of you know companionship with the man. If you're saturated with something else all day, that becomes your norm. So I do feel like shows like that, this whole uh, I'm a savage, I think is ridiculous. I think if a woman tells you she's a savage, that's a red flag. That is code for I have issues, run the other way. Mm -hmm. Because innately, that is not who we are. So again, if you see a woman acting that way, she's un it's, it's not natural. Mm. And so I do think the, the music and what we see on TV is having a terrible effect on girls. You can hear just young girls, you know, my children are 16, 18, and 25. So I'm around a lot of younger people, whether it's because they're in activities at school or whatever, mm. you young girls, the way they talk, like, bruh, what you doing, bruh? Come on, bruh. What, what, what is all that masculinity that you're trying to lead with? You yeah. know, why are you even, bruh? <laughs> you know, and so I, I see that a lot. Young girls wearing do-rags and, you know, just trying to be more masculine. And 
I think a lot of that comes comes from TV and, and music and just having to feel like you are some type of thug. Mm, mm. Uh, Chris Campagna, 89, 999 Super Chat. <laughs> Oh, man, appreciate you, homie. He said, what a pleasure to listen and learn on my birthday. Bless y'all, man. Happy birthday, bro. He's blessing Happy us. Happy birthday. He's blessing us on his birthday. Appreciate you, homie. Um, yeah, it's, you know, that whole situation saddens me. You know, I've created an excuse for that behavior. You know, my excuse was uh, that's how they sift out a bitch nigga from an alpha male. A bitch nigga from a real nigga, right? Because a real mm. nigga, he not feeding into the attitude. He knows how to respond to the attitude. And usually you find that, um, like I remember this one girl was in the neighborhood, my homeboy's girlfriend. And uh, she was super ratchet. Like she just got out of the group home. Mm. And she would punk everybody in the, in the, in the, in the apartment complex. And then one day she tried me and I just said to her, I said, I'm not your age. And her her reaction to me after that was like mad respect. Right. You know what I'm saying? I never fed into it. I just let her know, like, I'm not one of these kids in this apartment complex. I'm a grown ass man. I got kids. And all I said, to, I just looked at that and I said, I'm not your age. And that's it. Right. So I think that, um, women put on the masculine energy to find out who's the real masculine energy in the room. Because if it's her, <laughs> she ain't attracted to none of the dudes in the building. <laughs> right. You think there's some merit to that? No, I, yeah, I definitely do. And I bet from, from uh, that moment on when she saw you, she knew how to handle herself. I always hate when women say, I need a man that can handle me. And I'm thinking, are you an animal? You're not an animal. You should be with the man, I think, that makes you want to handle yourself. Like we have the ability to handle ourselves. And when you come in contact with a real man, you will want to handle yourself. You're not even going to give him that same mouth that you would have gave somebody else. Mm -hmm. You're give him that same pushback that you would give another man, you're going to handle yourself. So it's not about you needing a man that can handle you. It, you need a man that you admire, that you respect, that will, and you have enough integrity to want to handle yourself. Because a man that is that type of man, he don't even got time to be treating you like you some type of animal that need to be caged. He got, he on his, his business, you know? So you're going to have to learn how to handle yourself and want to. And when you re meet that type of man, you pull it together or you get left behind. It's really that simple. Oh, yeah. Um, I always say when I go out to the department store and I run into a black woman, I want her to treat me like a white man. Because sometimes <laughs> I get to the counter and she treat me like one of the homies. It's like, no, don't treat me like one of the homies. Treat me like a white man. I want that same, hey, how you doing? I want you right. to be that same way. Don't give me the homie stuff. And mm -hmm. when I was, um, black folks used to be so funny. I used to uh, serve tables and I get tables and I would serve them the exact way I serve white tables. And every once in a while I get a black table, be like, you can relax. And I'd be like, mm -hmm. nah, y'all gonna get the best service I give all my tables. And they right. always respected me for that. 
You know, I never just dropped it down and gave him the slang talk. You know, it'd be a little bit here and there just to let him know, like, yeah, yeah, I'm down. You know what I'm saying? But for the most part, I wanted to, you know, um, give him the best service possible. Uh, Jabari Allen, $20 Super Chat said, glad to start my Shabbat with two blessed people who are in touch with the ancestors and the most high. Uh, we need more women like her instead of Joy Reid <laughs> and whoopies of the world. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we ain't get to that part of the interview yet. I agree. Um, <laughs> abortion. Um, are you pro-life? Are you against it? Where, where, where are you on this thing? So I made a joke that I got in, well, that I got a lot of heat from because I said, uh, get rid of abortion. I've already had mine. But... <laughs> But, you know, I I think what my issue is, is I want to teach women to actually take responsibility and accountability. I'm not the one that's going to tell you if you're pregnant, oh, have that baby. I'm going to help you. I, I'll, you know, give you money and help you. No, I won't. I'm, I'm not. I'm going to take care of my three. And I've taken in two foster children in my life. I'm knocking on 50s back door. So I know I'm not getting ready to welcome in little bitty babies. Mm -hmm. um, but I do want women to, to be responsible and to be accountable. Like this whole, this argument about abortion as if women are out here being raped and not being able to make their own decisions. It's silly to mm -hmm. me because less than 1% of abortion comes from rape and incest. So what you're really out here doing is just living irresponsible. You know when you have maybe gotten pregnant. First of all, you had sex. Secondly, you had sex raw. Like, you know when there was an opportunity for you to get pregnant. So out here pretending like, my body, my choice. You, It is your body and it's your choice well before the baby is even created. It right. was your choice to drop it like it was hot, spread your legs, and let him come in you. That was your choice. Right. So have some accountability for that and stop playing around and acting like we get pregnant by mistake. You don't get pregnant by mistake. It wasn't no mistake that you decided not to use protection. That wasn't a mistake. So stop playing with me. I feel like you should be able to know when you were pregnant these people that are, or the uh, states that are putting it in place where, you know, by six weeks or by 13 weeks or whatever, I'm in favor of that because you should know. And what's the holdup? You just trying to get a little extra money. Anyway, a lot of y'all running game telling this man you're pregnant so you can get abortion money and then going over here telling that man you're pregnant so you can get abortion money. You can't do that in three, four weeks. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you know, like figure it out. Stop playing. And so I, I'm, I am more pro-life, but again, I'm not the person that's going to be telling you, have the baby, I'll help. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not helping. All right, so I'm about to go super hotep on you, okay? Okay. Um, when you mentioned the states, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a big trick, right? I feel like my notion is when the states get involved and say, what a person can and cannot do with your body sets a precedent and now says the state owns your body, which means that when they're ready to push the vacation on us, right, as they're trying to do uh -huh. with the mandates and, and such, 
they'll right. say, well, we've already taken your ability uh, to abort, which means that we have a say-so on, on your bodies, on what you do with your bodies. That's the thing that I fear. I feel like if somebody want to take their baby a day before that thing is born, that's on them. I'm very crude, right? Like, I'm the type of person who, like, looks at the Spartans and Spartans was taking uh, babies who maybe be deformed and was tossing them off the cliff. I'm the type of person where I'm like, ah, oh, that's kind of cruel, but I get it. <laughs> that would be my child. <laughs> <laughs> would it be? Yes, that would. My oldest, sometimes I'm like, girl, you are mean. That would be her. My baby ain't right. You gotta go. <laughs> understand where you're coming from as far as the states which is why like i don't really get too much in the argument one way or the other what mm -hmm. i focus on though are the women like i believe the woman should be accountable and stop being out here living any kind of way like you're not being tricked into having sex you're not you're not being tricked take some responsibility if you're out here getting it on do what you need to do to not get pregnant Right. We like count your cycle. It's not that hard to know when you're ovulating. Like, pay attention to yourself. Learn your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you made another comment. Getting back to our previous conversation, you think that there are there's a plot to destroy black men. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to ask you about the threats. Like, who are these threats? Is it the state? Is it the Illuminati? Is it the white man? Is it who? Who are the threats that want to destroy the black man, and why? Who are the threats? Mm -hmm. I definitely feel like the white man was in on it at some point, okay. for sure. Um, but now I think he realizes that he is a target as well, especially straight white men. Mm. I think after men, period, uh, especially straight men. So now I don't necessarily feel like straight white men are out to get straight black men because they are, they're a target now as well. Mm. Um, as for the Illuminati, um, I don't know, but I do think that it's, it's well known that if you want to control a society, you first have to get rid of the, the men. So I think that if that is the end goal to kind of control us and, you know, to have us subservient to them, you're going to have to get rid of the straight man first, that man, the alpha, the leader. And so I do feel like there has always been a target on the black man's back from the very beginning, because how do you have a weak household get rid of the man? You have a weak household that's with no man, you're gonna have a weak community. You're gonna have a weak nation then, you know? So I do think that that's always been the goal but now I feel like white men are saying, oops, we thought we were protected and safe. We, we are not because they're coming after the throats of every straight male, in my opinion. What do you think about the term toxic masculinity? That term was thrown around a lot. I did a um, I was featured on a Tammy Mack show on um, Black Fox or what is it called? Fox. So I call it Black Fox. Um, <laughs> 
Um, what do you think about that term, toxic masculinity? What do you think the purpose of that term is? To demonize men. Mm-hmm. I definitely think the term is to demonize manly men because we don't have an issue with gay men. We'll post gay men all around. You see black women being the biggest cheerleaders of gay men. You go, boy, yes, hey, you know. And I'm thinking you're cheering on something that's bringing your demise, you know, but I definitely feel like it was just a way to demonize manly men. Even how we, I've had men tell me, you know, I hope this doesn't offend you, but you look pretty today. Why would that offend me? We have men now so afraid of being men. And so I do think to start putting toxic in front of masculinity was a way to just demonize a manly male because you see gay men all the time. And I'm trying to watch my mouth because I'm on your platform. (laughs) Let loose, let loose. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I think that that's why they did it because they don't have an issue with men. They have an issue with manly men. Straight manly man. Yes. Mm. You want to put on a dress? You're going to be posted everywhere. You want to talk like a bitch? You're going to be posted everywhere. Mm. You bend over and get fucked in the ass? You're going to get, they're going to be happy everywhere. But if you have integrity, if you have values, if you have morals, if you know your place as a man in this earth realm, then problem. Uh, uh. Um, so tell me if you agree or not. I believe that most black women in the real world would agree with what you're saying. And it's actually only a small segment of, uh, bougie brunch blacks who exist on social media that carry on these liberal notions of attacking uh, black males. Do you agree with that? I definitely think it's more than what we think it is. I just think those that are against black men are the loudest. They've been given the voice, they've been given the microphone. But I feel like, as I was saying earlier, women, we innately, like we're women, we know deep down on the inside what we are supposed to do here on this earth. We know that we were created for men, but it is tough, especially when you're young. I got with my ex-husband at 22 years old. Mm -hmm. So I was really young and I was ridiculed a lot for you know, even if I was going out like with my family to for dinner, I would cook his dinner first before I went out. I would get ridiculed for that, for fixing his plate or just wanting to be a wife. People would say to me, hmm, girl, I wouldn't be doing all that. Girl, you need your own money. Girl, you, you know, and of course that was coming from like a, a women that their man wasn't paying all the bills or taking care of the family. So of course you wouldn't do that. You gotta go to work. I'm at home taking care of our children. So um, you get you get ridiculed by some of those loudest voices, but I do think there are more women than we know that just kind of need that push, just kind of need somebody to say, 
It's okay for you to like that man. It's okay for you to want to be a wife. It's okay for you to want to cater to him. It's okay for you to want to be around him and want to show him that he's appreciated. I was talking to my kid's dad today and he was just like how rough his week has been. And he was like, if it wasn't for y'all, I probably would have went back to selling drugs. And I said to him, we appreciate it. And he was like, I'm telling you, that's the only reason why I'm still out here, you know, working hard and doing it like it. And now because I'm older, I don't have an issue telling him I could not be the mother that I am if you were not the man that you are. And so Hmm. that used to be ridiculed. Now I don't have a problem doing that. I appreciate it. I understand when my kids say, mom, you're such a great mom. I tell them. I'm only able to be the mom that I am and that I have been. I've only had a full-time job at their school, their their entire school time because of who your daddy is. Regardless if you feel like sometimes he don't talk to you the way you want him to or do this or do that, I am who I am because of who he is, and y'all have to acknowledge that. The women that are ridiculing ridiculing you, were they single? Some of them, but some of them were married. Uh, when I was married, we were around a lot of married couples because we were in the church, but they were having, I was a stay at home mom. Um, and so they would have to go out to work and they always had their own money because they did work. I would actually have to ask, well, I would love to go out to dinner, but I got to get some money. I got to ask, you know, I got to, you know, and he was very like he paid attention to everything. If I went and got money out the savings, he's like, "You took twenty five dollars out of savings account." You know, like he, yeah. he paid attention to everything. And so they didn't feel like that was okay, which then made me question whether or not it was okay. And I started to feel self conscious about it, and I started to feel like, "Where well, am I losing myself? Am I doing the wrong thing? Am I being a doormat? Am I being run over?" Like. People ask me, would I do it again? I would do it all over again, but I would do it with a better attitude. I would do it with more gratefulness because I was blessed to be able to stay home with our children. Like that's a blessing to not have to be out here working 10, 12 hours a day. I'm a woman, I'm not made for that. So I would do it all again, but definitely with a better attitude, even if it had the same outcome I just would have been had a more grateful heart because I feel like at a lot of times I felt like I was getting the short end of the stick because I was staying at home with our children. But I think that's the way it should be. Mm. Of the women that were in relationships that uh, were ridiculing you, were they the men in the relationship? Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> yes. They were a lot more aggressive. Um, They were the money makers. They were making the most money in those relationships. Mm, So they had all the say so and Mm -hmm. the man kind of just went along to get along. Yes. Couldn't be me, couldn't be me. (laughs) Uh, Jabari Allen said, in the scriptures, the Pharaoh during Moses time and King Herod during Yeshua, Jesus time, wanted to kill the firstborn boys they knew it would destroy that ancient society slash culture. Mm, get biblical on us there, Jabari. Um, 
that is true though. And I think there there has always been an attack on the male. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, Candy Hotel. Women need to know how to let their men be men. Let the brother uh, of let the brother open a, uh, the ragu jar for a change. Real spit though. Salute to you, Shamika. <laughs> That's funny. That's um, true. I can't open nothing now. Even <laughs> if I go, my neighbor can be outside cutting his grass. I go and say, "Can you open that?" <laughs> I can't, I'm at the gym. I'm not even going to put the weights on the machine. I'm like, can you put this out? <laughs> <laughs> a womanly woman. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's talk about politics. You're a Republican, right? No, okay. I am unaffiliated. Unaffiliated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, independent, I guess you would say. Yes. Okay. Um, you voted for Trump? Yes. Were you ever a Democrat? Not the first time. Um, I've always voted Democrat. Okay. So although I wasn't registered Democrat because my family voted Democrat, my community, church, I always voted Democrat. You said you didn't vote for him the first time. Where were you then? So the first time I kind of thought something was wrong with me. I'm like, I, I kind of understand what this man is saying. I kind of like what this man is saying, but everybody else was saying he was racist. Everybody else was saying, you know, you can't vote for him. So I second guessed myself like, well, maybe something is wrong with me. I knew I wasn't voting for Hillary. Like that was out. There was no chance I was gonna vote for her. And so I stood in the voting booth like, well, let me just vote for Jill Stein. Although I had no idea what her platform was, I just knew that I was not voting for Hillary no matter what. And I wasn't quite sold on Trump because I hadn't done any research on him really myself. It's just what I was constantly seeing on social media or TV or whatever. And in the debates, I, I, I was thinking, I get what he's saying. Like, I understand what he's saying, but I needed to dig a little deeper. And so I would say the day after the election, when I saw people starting to fall apart, I couldn't understand why people were so angry, why they were crying in the streets and why people were saying, if I find out you voted, you know, for him, we're not friends anymore. And I was thinking, this is crazy. And that made me want to dig a little deeper. So that was the spark for you that where you were like, oh, nah, like y'all bugging. <laughs> yes. Mm. There was just so much. I saw so many people that I knew and respected mm -hmm. falling apart. Mm. And I never felt like I didn't wake up feeling like my life was over because he won. Right. I went about my business the next day like, OK, he won. Yeah. But. I saw people starting to fall apart and that just made me want to look a little deeper. And so um, I, not only did I do that in 2017, when they, when he was, when they had the um, day without a woman, I thought that was stupid. Like I felt like, what are y'all complaining about women in America, especially white women in America? You have had it easy. Why are you whining? Why are you complaining? You didn't even nurse your own kids. Most, you know, like going back, black women did that. What are y'all complaining about? You're in a country that's not cutting off your clitoris. Like, 
why are you so angry? I felt like that was so silly. And I wrote a blog about it and like Wall Street Journal reached out. Here it is. I'm thinking I'm just saying common sense, but I didn't even know that it would take off the way that it did. I got a call from the final call, you know, wanting to hear my thoughts about it. And it was just because I was so angry with what I was seeing from women. Like I felt like I had had enough. And by 2018, they kicked me off Facebook. <laughs> so they kicked me off Facebook for saying, um, so in 2017, I posted Father's Day is for me. And like, I was just always making some sort of post about how I felt about men and what I was seeing from relationships. And I didn't like that women were keeping their children away from the fathers. And I just thought it was a mess. So in 2017, I got a lot of 30 day uh, suspension. And they, one of them was for saying that Father's Day was for men. Got a lot of angry black women who wanted to be the mother and the father mad at me and got after 2 million views, the video was taken down. I was thrown in a Facebook jail. But then again, the next year I reposted the same video. And then that's when I guess Facebook was like, this girl won't shut up. We're going to have to shut her up. Mm. And so I started putting videos on Twitter, but noticing it was conservatives that were more flocking to my message. And I'm thinking, I'm just putting up common sense, like families are important, men are important. And that's kind of how I realized like, oh, okay, then I guess I am more conservative because these are things that I really truly believe. And I've been saying it for years, but still just voting differently. Like I did not know. My kids went to charter schools. I've always been, you know, pro school choice. I thought that was important. I would have homeschooled. Like I just thought these things were common sense. I didn't even really know that they would get the, the blowback that they did. And conservatives felt like they agreed with me. Mm, yeah, that's that's sort of what happened to me. I didn't know what a conservative or a liberal was. I was spitting common sense and all of a sudden right. conservatives showed up. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? Y'all told me these people was racist. <laughs> right, that's what I'm like. Where are these white people coming from and why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's kind of odd. So, so tell me more about this because you're a social media star now, you know, you're amongst uh, the top level of us grifters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, of course, you're on the Jedi side and not the Sith side of things, right? You're not on the dark side of the grift. You're definitely on the light side of the grift. Um, so tell me about this journey, right? So you get banned from Facebook and now you're like, all right, so I'm not allowed here anymore. So then you come to Twitter with a message. And I mm -hmm. guess you're posting videos, right? Yes. And the videos are getting traction. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so who's? So you, I know you said Wall Street Journal. You know, so who's coming to you and like starting to give you a microphone? Because I know the left ain't giving you a microphone. No, I would say Brandon Strop was the first one. He was the founder. He's the founder of Walkaway. Right found me and was just like, oh my God. Like he went through all of my videos and wanted to bring me on. So I would say he's the first person that gave me a mic. And of course he was, 
you know, a lot of people were interested in him and he was all over the place and being on this and being on that. And he just always included me. Um, so I, I would say definitely for sure he was the first one. And then in 2019, Isaiah Washington reached out to me um, over my MAGA challenge rap. Mm. And so I just began to kind of make, I would say, friends or acquaintances or whatever with people. But Walk Away was where I really first, you know, got probably a, a larger platform from them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's why I, I remember you um, connecting with them. Yeah. Um, I had to force Brandon to put me on, on one of his stages. I had to argue. Oh, did you? Yeah. He, <laughs> you know, I just, he, he was doing an event in Harlem. I'm like, yo, you, you doing an event in Harlem. You're going to have to put me on that stage. I just, <laughs> you know, so All I, right. like, I kind of debo my way on the stage, but Brandon's cool. He's a good guy. Uh, he is. Know. How's he doing? He's doing good. He should be sentenced on the 22nd. So he's just waiting to see what happens with that. Is he going to do time? We don't know. So he took a plea and for what he pled to, I think the maximum time is six months, but his attorney is thinking that he's not going to get that. So, but we'll find out on the 22nd. What's his, uh, what's his charge? So they charged him with three things. One of them was like uh, being in a, an area you're not supposed to be in. The other one was like interfering with, you know, what, whatever Congress was doing. And the third one was like trying to harm a police officer because he had gone live. And so there's a video where he's filming and you can hear somebody saying, uh, to the, you know, at, about the police officer, take his shield, take his shield. Like it's not at all Brandon's voice, but it's in his video. And somebody was hollering that we're going inside. You know, he was on the steps of the Capitol. From my understanding, he never went in, but he was past the barriers that initially they had up. But a lot of people who came late to the Capitol didn't even know where the barriers were because they had, already been pushed down or right. decide whatever right 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 <laughs> oh, okay um you know a lot of people aren't original in this world but you have coined a term that uh we have run with all over the place carlton conservative <laughs> i knew that was coming you knew that was coming you knew we had to talk <laughs> about this um, so Carlton Conservative, if people don't know, is a reference to uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Mm -hmm. And um, I spoke about this with uh, Pastor Scott last week and basically saying that, um, you know, Carlton can't reach the black community and the GOP is picking Carlton's and no Will Smith's for their black outreach. Right. Mm -hmm. That's basically what you're saying. Well, I think that Carlton can reach some in the black community. I think, though, that to me, what I was saying was if you have Carl that's a conservative, Carlton that's a conservative and Will that's a, a conservative, they're both black, they're both conservative. They, you know, pushing the same message. They're going to reach different people. So instead of just giving the mic to Carlton and having Carlton go all around, like I said, you would not send 
uh, Carlton to Philly, you would send Will. And so I think if we're trying to enlarge the tent or, you know, make the message greater or bigger, you have to prop up more people. And if you're just putting Carlton out, some people don't vibe with Carlton like that. So you would need to also push Will. And that's one of the things that I felt like they weren't doing in the conservative party. They wanted this, you know, cookie cutter black conservative, yet they want us to be saying, oh, black people are not a monolith. But you're trying to make black conservatives a monolith. You want us all to look like we don't like uh, black people, you know, but there are black conservatives that are black, like just black, like there's nothing white about me. I was raised, I didn't go to school with a white person until I was in ninth grade. Mm. So I was raised around all black people. My community was black, my schools were black, my church was black. And I feel like I know how, not even to say I know how to talk to black people, I just am who I am and I get along with who I get along with. So if I'm pushing a message of conservatism. Why not put me out there? I'm going to reach somebody that Carlton may not reach. Just like Carlton will reach people that not that they're not going to want to hear from me. Mm -hmm. I think I'm too black or, you know, I speak with too much slang or, you know, they don't want somebody that's going to get up in, in a New York ball cap. So. Well Jesse Lee Peterson said that what you were trying to say was you got to be more ghetto. <laughs> Is that that's not what you were trying to say? What what do you what was it you was trying to say? Like what are the traits that we're talking about here? It's not ghettoness. What is it? Uh, what is it that's the difference between Carlton and Will? So for me, I let me I always use myself as an example. I had to speak in Atlanta. I went on this little rant and I was just talking, talking, talking. And before I knew it, I said, you know, when I used to, I said, I used to be a stripper. However, when I wake up in the morning on my wall, I had, I don't have throw that ass in a circle. I have imagined dream and believe on my, you know, because I, it's about where I want to go and not where I used to be. Well, after that was over, there were black girls that were there that came up to me and was like, oh, my God, if you was running for something, I would vote for you just because you're so honest and you be because you're so real. Like, I didn't even want to tell people I was a stripper, but I was making a point. And a lot of times I use my own life to make a point, like to share my experience and it was able to reach somebody like they no longer saw me as this person that was stiff and stuffy or that had never been through anything in life. So it wasn't that I was telling people, hey, you can, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps without telling them. And I had to do it. And this is how I did it. I know what it's like to not have anything. I know what it's like to make bad decisions. And and but you can, you know, turn it around. And so one of the things I like to say is sometimes you have people on the outside, you know, they're trying to tell us what to do. They're on the outside looking in. Whereas for me, I've been on the inside looking around. So it's totally different 
for me than somebody else. I just think we're all valuable. So it wasn't even to put like Will up here, Carlton down here, or Carlton or Will. It was to say, we all have a voice. We all have a message. We're not the same. We don't come from the back, same uh, background or same experiences. Let I use my experiences to kind of relate to people. So let's use our, our different experiences so that we can reach more people. Yeah, I agree. To me, it's like the old thing when they talk about children, right? Uh, mm-hmm. you te- when you're teaching children, for example. And, um, you know, let's say the kids are watching Naruto, okay? If the teacher is familiar with that culture of Naruto, she can use that to teach, right? Whenever she's trying to teach a concept, she can relate it to something that the mm-hmm. kids understand and go, oh, okay, I get that. But when you can't relate to someone, you can't teach that person as effectively as someone who can relate to them, right? So, right. you know, I coach kids soccer, so I always make, uh, always relate. I always try to relate to them. And I know they coach it because I have kids, right? But I think that's mm-hmm. the difference, you know, um, between Will and Carlton is the fact that it's, they speak different language. So, and and um, they have a different culture. So Will is going to be more relatable to the black community than Carlton. But Carlton is going to be more relatable to your bougie brunch blacks and your white conservatives. Right. Right. Uh, he's going to pronounce all of his words perfectly. Right. He's going to use proper <laughs> grammar. You know, I, I remember uh, back in a couple, I don't know, whatever, but they, they used to complain about my lack of proper grammar. And I'm just like, what does it have to do with my intellect? <laughs> right. And I'm country. Like, I know that I'm country. I always say I have a country urban twang. Like, I know that. I can't speak properly, you know, and sound like that. I, I could not do it. Like, that's just not who I am. I'm Southern. I'm country, you know. Um, and I know people hear that when I talk. Yeah, yeah. It, um, it irritated me when Jesse said that because I was thinking, no one ever, like, did you watch the show? Will wasn't ghetto, nor was he a thug. Even if you listen to the opening credit, he said, I was outside of the school, which means he went to school, he was playing basketball. Some other people came and started trouble in his neighborhood. And because his mother wanted to keep him safe, she went sent him for to family. Nowhere did he ever say, I was a thug, I was out here selling drugs, I was doing it. Nowhere did he say that. So for Jesse Lee Peterson, I was thinking, you sound dumb because all you're showing is that you don't even watch the show. You don't even know what it's about because everybody know the theme song when it come on. If you, nobody ever said Will was a thug. The theme song alone never said that. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, damn, I got a couple of super chats here to catch up on. Um, Chad Lemoyne, 49 Super Chat, he said, White women figure out how to grift victimhood in every scenario because men would capitulate. Incels got to get women somehow. They uh, got to get women somehow. They cave. Mm, so true, the incels. Um, Cannon Hotep, I, I definitely can relate. Grew up dem, but the more I express my views, the more backlash. 
but realize my views lean more conservative. Salute to you, Cannon Hotep. Appreciate you, Cannon. You said the fact that they took your Carlton and Will analogy and blew it out of proportion blew my mind. They completely missed the message. Bob Bob Hotep, twenty dollars super chat. He said the black community isn't as receptive to the Carlton types like the conservatives believe, but they prefer it that way because it allows their members uh, to continue to feel more comfortable within the party. Uh, model minority effect. Canon Hotep, 49 Super Chat. We all have special skill sets and talents. If I have the ability to reach and relate certain demographic, then make me an asset. Oh, indeed, indeed. Um, okay, so on this topic of black conservatives, I want to stay right here. Uh, yeah, I spoke about this with Pastor Scott last week. There's a bifurcation, right? You got your Carlton conservatives and you got your wills, right? And um, the main difference I saw, or something that I noticed, um, being amongst black, white conservatives was you're not allowed to be pro-black. Being pro-black was looked at as being liberal or a Democrat. But to me, I'm like, you should be happy to be white, <laughs> right? Like, right. <laughs> white power to you, black power to me. Like, why is you? <laughs> and um, it's funny because Every year, now I don't celebrate Kwanzaa, but I celebrate Kwanzaa on Twitter, right? Just as a joke. Mm -hmm. But I say happy Kwanzaa. And people come out the woodwork upset. And I'm just like, and they tell you about the FBI and what Moringa was convicted with and all this hoopla. And I'm like, you know what the Pope and all of them did with your religion? <laughs> right. <laughs> I ain't over here complaining about yours. Do you see that? Like you're not allowed to be pro-black and conservative? I see it happen to other people. I don't really feel like it happens to me. So like I have said um, openly before, like more than one time, I'll never ride a pink penis. Uh, and so it's like <laughs> for me it's just who I am like I don't have to constantly say all I want is the black man or I'm pro-black or whatever like if I'm just talking if you listen to me like it's just who I am mm. and so I don't feel like I get a lot of pushback because people know that's just her mm. I did I had a man message me like, you know, I really like what you had to say, but I know how you feel about uh, white men. <laughs> you know? But I just wanted to say I appreciate your message and good job. Keep speaking because, you know, it just is what it is. And I don't constantly like throw it in their face. Like I still like white people. I'm still going to fight for white men. I feel like the man period is under attack. So, however, when it comes to hop on that thing, it ain't going to be pink. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the big problem comes or the, 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 the bias is exposed with things like Ahmaud Arbery. Mm -hmm. Where were you on the whole Ahmaud Arbery situation? Was he a, a thief with a record or was he unjustly murdered? felt like he was unjustly murdered and for me it didn't even matter not to say like I don't agree with people 
stealing or whatever. But for me, for that situation, it didn't even matter. Like y'all were not police officers. To me, you were being vigilantes and you were not minding your business. Like if you felt this threatened, call the police and let the police handle it. It wasn't your house. So even if something was stolen, it wasn't stolen from you. Why you need to be the one trying to get it back. Hmm. So in this instance, for me, it didn't matter whether he was out jogging or whether he was stealing. Y'all were, you know, you had your nose where it should not have been. And that's why you're going to prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, Trump took the right angle on that case where he showed compassion. and But other conservatives took another take, right? They took the, uh, you know, he was a criminal take. Why, why do you think they, they decide to take that take? Are they grifting? Do they really feel that way? Is it just a talking point? Because the base... The base loves it. The base, even George Floyd, right? The base looked at George Floyd as somebody who they didn't really care if he died or not, right? They're like, oh, he's dead, you know. Now, I, I'm not a big fan of the whole George Floyd popping up statues everywhere. He definitely wasn't that. Me either, he, right. Yeah, he like, he was no, yeah. yeah he, well, he ain't <laughs> die for no, he wasn't no martyr. Um, exactly. Nancy but Pelosi. he should not have been killed. Right, yeah. right. Right. Um. Yeah, why do you think they take that angle? Why do you think conservatives as a whole take that angle? I think for maybe when it comes to white conservatives, I think they're beat up on so much that when they feel like they have a gotcha to something else, they like want to ride it to the wheels fall off. And I'm thinking, you don't have to do that. And as far as black ones, I think they're so out of touch. So I don't know if they're trying to grift or they just, they don't really know black people. You know what I mean? So then it's easy for you to be disconnected or say some disconnected bullshit because you're not connected, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. So, and, and maybe they are trying to, to get um, likes or money or whatever, but I truly just feel like they aren't connected. I really, really feel that way. Like when you, again, I am who I am. And for a lot of them, that's just who they are. Mm, mm. I don't care that they're black. I don't care that they act as if they're trying to reach out to the black community or you're trying to, you know, send a message. We can see who you are. That's just not you. Mm. Which is okay, you know, but stop trying to act like you're something that you're not. We can see it. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Pop up, Hotep, Fight Out Super Chats, and conservatives reject black culture because their idea of Americanism is mired in whiteness. Therefore, pro black equals anti white, which equals anti American. I think some look at it like that. Like when you, they, eat the, they equate pro black with anti white. Some of them do. But again, I don't really have that problem, you know, because they don't come at me like, well, why are you know, why is it black or why is it, you know, and I'll because sometimes I'll come back and say, why are you trying to tell me what to say on my page? Like, mm-hmm. give them their same message. Like, 
We're not a monolith. You and don't cheer me on saying, oh, she thinks for herself. This is a black person that thinks for herself. But then when I think something you don't like, I, you all of a sudden now want to shut me up. No, I'm the same black person that you was applauding because you knew that I was a Trump supporter and you thought, oh, I was off the plantation or whatever. Well, guess what? I'm still off the plantation. I'm not going back. And just because you disagree, put your shackles up. They're not going on me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Um, no, what was about to say? No, I was just going to say, even if they try it, I shut it down. Because yeah. you don't applaud me one moment for being brave and for speaking out. And then the moment you feel like I'm out of line, you going to check me? No, nah, we ain't doing that. <laughs> uh, you had a run-in with Black Lives Matter. Uh at a, I believe it was a walk away event. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us what was going on there? Because I know that one girl was yelling and, and you had the microphone and you was going off on her. But can you retell that story and tell us? Because you can't really hear too well with the on the YouTube clip. That I didn't even know was up till like a week or two ago. <laughs> oh, wow. OK. Yeah, I checked it out today. Hey. Yeah, so I've seen like a piece of it when I saw that they had the entire clip because, you know, I told her she looked like she was burning the sun, the bacon the oven a little more. She mixed with your pan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, ooh, somebody got this whole clip. (laughs) But so this was just, I was speaking and she kept saying, are you black? Are you black? And it just got to a point where it irritated me because I'm thinking I'm a dark skinned black woman. I have an Afro here. You are looking mixed breed hair blowing in the wind. You don't get to ask me, am I black? Like I need to be asking you, are you black? I need to be qualifying you for standing up here thinking that you getting ready to check me. So that's what that was. It was her. It was like two mixed breed black people and a white woman trying to question me if I was black. Nah, you didn't ran up on the right one. Don't let this, me being a black Trump supporter fool you. I, I'm as black as they come. I'm blackity black. I, was, I told her I'm black mixed with black. Like I'm mixed with African, don't do it. And so that's what was happening there. They didn't like the fact that I was telling people to walk away from the Democrat party as a black woman. And so they felt like they were going to help me while I was on stage and I'm with the shits. You right. want to be, I'm going to, let's talk. Right. Uh, Ken Hotel 4992 chat. He said, I stand by what I said. Red, white, use black conservative ink to say the things they can't say. Indeed. Absolutely. Um, black lives matter, net positive or net negative uh, for the black community in the world uh, as a whole. I think positive. So, of course, I mean, I'm sorry, negative okay. as the organization. Um, I agree with the sentiment, of course, Black lives do matter. But when you are in an organization and you talk about destroying the nuclear family and um, pretty much pushing gay and transgender, and now I can't get with that. I feel like, in my opinion, the only time um, black Lives Matter is concerned about a straight black man is when he's dead. That's when he is the So I don't support the organization at all. 
Mm. Mm. And I tell people all the time, if you are against black men, I'm against you. Mm. It's just what it is. I find it so funny because the organization started behind Mike Brown, Trayvon Martin and Tamir Rice and then turned into We Hate Black Men. So like, but y'all built your whole organization off of their black bodies. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, 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 what's going on here? Um, I just found that thing, you know, to be completely hypocritical. Um, and, and of course, we know it's Marxist, white liberal controlled, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, we know who they're getting their marching orders from. Um, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, is there any good that comes from it, though? That any good that comes from work? Because I'm, I'm under the impression that there are some chapters that do do good work, right? Just like there are some chapters of Blexit that actually do work in the Black community. So I think that you do have some that have the right intentions. Mm-hmm. You know, so my... So I feel like, yes, there would be some good that comes from some of the chapters because I've seen in my community, like here in North Carolina, Blexit is active. Okay. Blexit is active. You know, they have events in the Black community. Um, so I don't just completely be like, you know. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I have to give them credit. Those that I interact with here in my own city and and state um so i'd have to say then there has to be some good chapters of uh black lives matter that are working in their communities and are doing something positive for black people Mm. i think the national message is just so marred it's just i would i wouldn't join a black lives matter organization for that reason yeah yeah, I totally agree. I, yeah, I just feel like they profit off the death of black men, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Biden is uh, president of the United States. Uh, what's the grade you give that man and why? Uh, we're going to use traditional grading system F through A, as you know, we came up in school. What is the grade you give Joe Biden and his administration uh, for his work so far this year? And why? F. F. <laughs> F. Like F for the crab legs alone. Because <laughs> that's something that I like. Last year they were $9.99 a pound at Harris Teeter. Okay. They have doubled. So if I just go with that and the gas, I drive a Mercedes. That 93 gas is expensive. Yes, it is. I've been putting gas in my kids' car, driving their cars because they get 87. It's just, it's, and I think what bothers me the most is how many Black people fell for his foolishness. Um, And just thinking that he was going to bring peace and thinking, oh, he likes Black people and he's going to do this. He's going to make sure we continue with HBCU funding. He's going to forgive our student loans. And he. I just think that makes me angry the most because he lied and he knew he was lying. And so for that, if you're not, you're not going to be honest. I'd rather have somebody that says, hey, what do you have to lose? I'd rather have somebody that 
you're not sure if he like you or not. You know, it didn't, it never mattered to me. Like I didn't need a friend. I wasn't looking for a pastor. I was looking for a president. Um, and so for me, the fact that Joe Biden just like outright lied and was able to deceive people, he gets an F for mm. me. Mm. And I just like to keep it plain. I like to talk to people in a way that they understand it. I'm like, are you paying a little bit more at the pump? You know, are your crab legs? <laughs> Doubled in price. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I just and people that have seen, you know, he's he's made it easier for the Asians. When they said, oh, we can't do even, you know, Kamala said, we're not going to do something specifically for the blacks. Well, how how can you do something then specifically for Asians? I I don't understand. Mm. Um, so what, I think if, what what grade do you give our vice president, the beloved and attractive Kamala Harris? F F2. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. She gets an F because I feel like she used the fact that she went to an HBCU, that she was an AKA for just a small period of time. She was black. Before that, they talked about her being the first um, uh, Asian or Indian uh, senator. And but then you were a black woman running for vice president and then you're back to not being black again. Um and again, of course, people chose to be food, you know, or whatever, but she outright deceived people and used things that she knew was dear to the black community. Mm. Going to HBCU, being an AKA, you know, wearing your high heel Tims that we ain't seen since, you know. Yeah, she even had the right Tims on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you, you tried it. And... So she gets the F for me too. If you ran the GOP or you ran the Libertarian Party, what would you do to steal votes away from the Democrats and convince some people who are maybe in the middle? Because I, I believe after this administration, some people are going to be like, hey, I don't know what to do politically now. Right? So what what is it that you would do uh, to bring more votes uh, to other parties? I think they should just have the hard conversation. What I don't like about the GOP is they are, are cowards. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to issues of race, like you can't just wait for the gotcha moment. You're doing the same thing that you accuse the left of doing. Instead of waiting for that and an opportunity to, cause you look crazy. Like when you try to justify, for instance, Ahmaud Arbery, like you look real stupid. You look like the races that they claim you are. Even if you are not, when you wait for those gotcha moments, nobody being got but y'all, y'all look crazy. So I think they should have those real conversations throughout, like up front. Stop trying to turn a blind eye to them. Like if we don't mention it, it's just going to go away. It never went away with Trump. You never really saw Republicans confronting some of the things that people were saying that Trump did that was racist. They just ignored it like it was going to go away. Yet the left continued to use that as 
uh, a talking point against him. They should have been stood up and confronted that a long time ago, and they never did. That's one of the things that really bother me. And they won't go into the black community. I don't like this whole idea of them saying, well, what's the point? What do you mean? What's the point? We're, we're not ignorant. A lot of times, oh, we're not stupid. A lot of times we just don't know. Like as for myself, I didn't know that I was conservative. I never had a conversation with somebody that would say, well, maybe Shamika, you need to rethink this. My entire family, they are Democrats. My church was Democrat. Like this is what I heard every day. And I feel like had I not even left the church, which I did about 10 years ago, I, I may not have still been open to, to other things and to different things, because honestly, women run in the church too, you know, so we ain't going to go on into that. But um, I wouldn't have seen things the way that I was seeing them in order to even be able to speak on the things that I was speaking on to draw conservatives in to realize I'm conservative. So I just feel like y'all, we got to get, or they, I'm not a, a Republican, get in those communities. Stop feeling like it's a wasted effort. It's only a wasted effort because you won't try. Pe these people aren't stupid. They just don't know. And if you talk to them, like traditionally Black people, we are more conservatives. We're not with all of this foolishness that you see. We just don't know that we're voting against our own interests a lot of times. Yeah. I didn't know it. Yeah. You have a lot of people um, after the fact, you know, it's when you see some of the rainbow stuff coming down, some of the tea people stuff coming down, they like, hey, what's going on? Right. <laughs> Where did this come from? Right. And, you know, what I like to I tell people, I said, Twitter isn't real life. Twitter creates real life. Mm -hmm. So the conversation, conversations were happening on Twitter and the agendas were being pushed on Twitter. Once it got clear there, then it got pushed out into uh, the public. Right. Uh, because when you put it on Twitter, they get, they get to analyze the conversations and then they go back to their think tanks and they get their rebuttals, blah, 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 blah. But a lot of bad people, like you said, they're not really with all of that type stuff. Right. And um they're not on Twitter. They're busy, you know, trying to make a living and doing whatever, right. whatever it is. They usually live in the real world and not on social media like that. But life is being decided for us on social media. Um, so I totally agree with you uh, on that. Uh, Jabari Allen. Um, wait, no, my bad. Um, Cassius can say, God bless you, Mika, Hotep and Bill. Thanks for another fire episode. Got some new stuff dropping soon. Stay tuned. Hotep's 2022 is ours for the taking. Indeed. Can and Hotep, like I be saying, they gave up the P on promises. Now the N won't return your phone calls. They all sound, they all standing around with what the, what the F face. Yeah, that's, that's you right. Uh, Jabari Allen, five dollars super chat said, Democrats version of America first is Sean's being last, right? Jabari Allen, two dollars super chat said, uh, scared to fight, scared to win. Oh man, absolutely. Um, yeah, um, where were we? So, um, when it, when it comes to the these these race conversations or or conversations, period, tell me if you agree or not. It looks to me as though the left is in control and the right just reacts. Like when I open my, my, my social media up, it's not the right that's creating the conversation and the left reacting to whatever we're doing. 
it was always the this is what the left is going doing. Even the influencers are like sitting around waiting for the left to do something so they can just react to it, right? Right. So oh, it seems like the right just always in reactionary phase. Do you uh, do you see that? Mm hmm. Yes, which is one of the things that bothers me. Like you all are going to have to get aggressive. You're going to have to strike first and just sit down, you know, hoping that it doesn't happen to you. It's going to happen. You've seen the Democrats are fighting and they'll fight dirty if they have to. So like you haven't learned anything by now. You keep getting stole off on. I mean, you know, you ain't going to watch your show the, the next time. Like, come on. You know, yeah, so. basic, yeah. Basic war strategy. If you're always on the defense, you're probably going to lose. Right? right. At some point, you got to take a preemptive strike at your enemy. And um, I just don't see that happening. And I think, you know, because Republicans and, 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 and uh, I'm at the at the politician level, Republicans and, and Democrats are six degrees of separation. But at the influencer level is where it's dangerous because at the influencer level, they're the in-between between the people and the politicians. Right. And at the influencer level, the only thing they care about is themselves. Mm-hmm. So they're going to do whatever is going to get them more clout, more retweets, more likes. So if it's reacting right. to the left, that's what they're going to do. Right? So over here at Hotep Nation, we got the homeschool initiative starting up next year. Uh, HotepNation.com slash donate. Um, and um, we're trying to be proactive, right? And it's like, all right, the, this is what the left is doing. They're bringing CRT. Okay, well, here's how here's how we combat that by being proactive. And, and, and this is the right. initiative that we're going to push, right? And we're going to take- I like that. Thanks. Uh, and we're going to take uh, control over the minds of our children. Um, what are your plans for 2022? What are you doing? What, what are you, what's your mission? I know you got kids and a family and that comes first. But do yes. you have something up your sleeve? I want to grow naked girls. Uh, so because I was so busy with politics, I don't feel like I pushed it the way that I should. Once I turned it into a networking site, I just got like really, really busy. So that's one of the things that I really want to push because I really want to have the space for women to just be able to come and talk about anything. Like I'm so open and I'm so honest, but I'm not going to have all of these conversations just to be honest on somebody else's platform for free. Like I, I I'm willing to talk all day long, but I can't do that. And, and be broke and, you know, I have bills to pay. <laughs> so yeah. I really want to grow the networking site and have a space where I'm accessible to women first and even to men. But that's really my plan to figure out how to best market that, how to best push that, how to best reach these women. I'm going to continue to work on Fearless. Who knows? Everybody keeps saying, you know, you ought to have your own show. Maybe one day. I'm sitting under Jason. I'm learning a, a lot and what it takes to actually do that type of work full time. So, um, and you're that, doing a great job over there too. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And and I have I have a daughter in college. I have a junior in high school, but she's in an early college program, so she's only taking college courses. And that's kind of my focus. And I have a grown baby. She'll be 26 in March. 
that's really my focus. I want to, one of the things their father told me when they were very, very young is you're going to be the first example to these girls as to what a woman is. So I take that very seriously. Um, and because I have this young one who's not quite gone from the home, that's primarily a big part of my focus. Um, I just want to finish strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Not that they'll really be gone, but, you know, she's 16, she'll be 17 in April. I want to finish strong um, to 18. No babies. Uh, hopefully no babies out of wedlock. My 25 year old is not married yet. Like I, I just want to finish strong with my girls and try to do the things that I'm doing. But they come first. No boys. No boy. Well, so no boys biologically. But my ex-husband has a little boy who will be three on the 25th. Mm. So that's my boy. Mm. I get to uh, have him spend the night and, you know, I get to take care of him. He calls me mommy. So okay, I got a boy without having to, to have I, stretch marks. I was, I was about <laughs> to say you owe us a boy, man. We need, we need, we need a boy uh, with, with, your, with Shamika's DNA. <laughs> yeah, that, well, you know, that ain't that's coming. as close as we're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> Wishful thinking. I told you, I can see 50, you know, yeah. these eggs about powder. They, <laughs> I think they still working, but, you know, I ain't going to try it. I don't, I don't want to start over again. Um, all right, so check this out. My, uh, my expertise, my professional career is in marketing and branding, so we about to do a little bit of marketing and branding for the Naked Girls right now. You ready? Yes. Okay. So Naked Girls obviously wants to reach out to women, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what, 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 what are the problems these women are having? They won't be honest. They won't be open. They won't be who they really are. So I feel like I can help them with that. I can what? teach them how to live life authentically. Live life authentically. Do, is there a specific person that comes to mind? When you see that, do you uh, a specific archetype? Me. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I've just mastered that. But if I have to think of somebody that most people. No, it doesn't have to be most people. No, it could be just somebody, okay. just somebody you've come across that like, oh, this is ex- the exact person I know I can help. That I can help. Yeah. Somebody that would benefit from the naked girls. You don't have to answer it now, but think about like, you know, is there somebody that you've come across that like, oh, they need naked girls like right now. Right. Because mm-hmm. usually that's a good place to start at. So naked right. girls is what uh, uh, you said it's going to be some networking type thing. Yeah, it's a networking site. So if you have something going on, um, you want to invite some people that you know, or you have a job opening, or you're looking for a job, because what it is, it's not an app yet, but it is a website, and you can go in there, we can have conversations, we can have groups, you can make posts, you can um, uh, just come together, kind of like um, not, I mean, it's it's sort of set up like social media where you can make posts, but then you can also inbox each other. You can have little groups like somebody has started a group of uh, I think it was gardening, you know, like that's nothing that I'm interested in. But they started that group because that's I need to be interested in it. I love myself a, a green tomato, but um, 
that's a group. If you are, if you love sex, that's a group on there. So where they can actually just come together and get to talk to one another and uh, build relationships and friendships and pe- with people that you know and that can tr- you can trust in a safe space where we're not going to judge you. Mm, mm, interesting, interesting. Um, so how do I say this nicely? Um, I struggle with saying things nicely, so I'm not going to say it nicely. I was going to say, just say it. Um, I hate social media projects. Mm-hmm. Mostly because they're really hard, right? Like mm-hmm. you need a good balanced community. You need people that need help. You need people that can give help. So it becomes a lot of work. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. there's a ton of upside if you can get it to work, but it's so difficult. Um, the key to that stuff is um, specialization and localization. More specialization, right? So if you can say, if you could narrow down that demographic, to um, maybe by age, interest, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for example, if I chose uh, women going through postpartum, that's mm-hmm. very specific, right? Right. Um, so the more specific you can get with the demographic, the more mm-hmm. success you'll get. The more specific you get with the mission, like for example, our mission is homeschooling, right? That's mm-hmm. very specific thing. It's a, it's not for everyone, obviously, only for parents and guardians. Um, you got um, King Randall. Mm-hmm. Very specific. Young boys below the age of 18 who need, you know, education in the Georgia area, right? In, in that area right. of Georgia he's in. So the, the more specific you can get with the demographic, the less work you'll have to do. The lot, lot, it'll be a lot easier on yourself mm-hmm. um, okay the hard part is figuring that out sometimes what you can do is you can use the existing community and mm-hmm. see what that commonality is and see what kind of women are here right and then you might see that like okay everybody here is 35 single or or mar- like whatever that is mm-hmm. and then you can say ah that's our target, right? You might even notice right. they have a certain political affiliation, right? They might right. have a certain income bracket. See what that is, and that is sometimes you can um, draw your demographic from the data. Okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's what I do. I help people build businesses. So use me as a resource. You on my network. Okay. I'm like, I just got some knowledge for free. Yeah, absolutely. I'm here to help. I'm here to help. So, you know, um, hit me up, get my DMs, uh, I'll give you my phone number, and um, let's try to put this thing together. You, how, what are you running this thing on WordPress? Yes. Okay, yeah, I'm familiar with WordPress. What is it, BuddyPress? Yeah, you're asking me too many questions now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't build it? No, I didn't build it. Well, I that's got a good thing. somebody to do it for me. <laughs> oh, well, that's a good thing. You know, you never want to be in a situation where you have all those hats, right? Um, okay, you got somebody to build it for you. That's great news, actually. So you probably got something um, pretty decent. Um, all right, yeah. Um, we're going to get out of here. I'm going to let you go. I had a wonderful time speaking to you. I enjoyed you, too. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Hopefully you'll have me back one day. Oh, absolutely. What do, you, uh, what do you want people to do? Follow you on Twitter? Check out your website? What do you want them to do? 
They can check out my website. It is thenakedgirls.com. Girls is with a Z. Mm-hmm. You type S on your own. I ain't got nothing to do with that. But it's thenakedgirls.com. And if they go to uh, shamikamichelle.com, find me there. You can find me anywhere. I cannot respond on Facebook. I do have a public figure page, but because they kicked me off um, my personal page, my admins run that. So I can't really interact on Facebook, but I, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Twitter. You got admins and everything. You 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 popping. You big popping. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, um, we got a couple more super chats. Pop up Hotep said, uh, Shamika exemplifies being self-actualized, a rare human component. Indeed, Catches Cam said the right isn't going to get anything done as long as they're grabbing their ankles for, well, uh, Chad Lemoyne, <laughs> super chat said, shooting our shot, Shamika, come on, Aquarian Anarchy. Come on, Aquarian Anarchy. Yeah, that's our uh, brother channel, uh, Aquarian Anarchy. Uh, you should definitely check them out. They have an awesome podcast. Uh, you said Aquarian? Aquarian Anarchy. Mm-hmm. They're anarchists, and um, they've definitely helped me out in my political journey. I would definitely lean more ANCAP now than anything else, more libertarian now than anything else. So you should definitely check them out. Wealth of information over there, and I think it'd be a great conversation. And Aquarian is? Uh, Aquarian Anarchy. That's the name of their podcast. Where did they get Aquarian from? Well, he's all into the esoteric, you know, uh, voodoo stuff. Ah, okay. Not not voodoo literally, but you know, for lack of a better term. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm interested in all of that. And I was just wondering because I'm like, is he saying it because he's an Aquarius? Like I didn't know. Right, right. That's a good question. <laughs> I, I think it's probably more to do with the fact that um I believe aren't we moving into the Aquarian age as a planet? I think I've heard that. I try to I look at some of that stuff, mm-hmm. but yeah, I have. That's why I said, ah, you know, I'm interested in all of that. Yeah, I haven't. Um, I haven't studied that in a while. Uh, apparently, at some point, we were in the Piscean age, and uh, I think we're moving into the Aquarian age. Um, but I'm not quite sure. I haven't studied that stuff in so long. So don't go out here quoting me and saying, "Oh, he doesn't know what he's <laughs> talking about." You're right. I don't know what I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> um, Chamiga has been a wonderful uh, conversation. This will be up on. Um, Apple uh, and Spotify and SoundCloud. Uh, all you got to do is type in sharp conversation, sharp with an E. He said, uh, he said, yeah, Marcus is an Aquarius. So am I. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, dope. Mm-hmm. I'm a Libra. So we're all like the same uh, element. Air. Yeah. yeah. Air sign. Yeah. See that? I knew we'd get along. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you are not subscribed, please subscribe. Subscribe if you're listening to Apple or wherever else. Subscribe there. Leave a comment. Thank you for watching. HotepNation.com slash donate. Um, please uh, support our um, initiative uh, for homeschooling next year in 2022. We're out of here. See you. We're out of here. See you.